0: Alright, alright, so last week we started this, we started this sermon series entitled Relationship Goals. Really, what we're looking at is the different kinds of relationships in your life. And so, uh, because the deal is the deal is, is that believe it or not, God actually cares about the relationships in your life and how you live in those relationships. God cares about that. And so last week we talked about friendships and what biblical friendships look like. And how to function in those and how you how you select those friends and how really you have your squad like right your inner circle. Talk about what those friends look like. So this week, without further ado, we're talking about your dating life. That's right, people. Your dating life. Your romantic relationships, if you will. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. But here's the deal. Here's, Here's the deal. If you're in here and you're like, "Dude, I've never dated in my life." Lord willing, you will. You will. Some of you've got a chance. Some of you got a chance. Hey, and the, listen. And the other side of it is this: some of you are either, some of you either in dating relationships, uh, are, are like, "Man, if I could just get a dating relationship," oh. or, or some of you are on the other side of a dating relationship that went really bad. And you're carrying a good amount of hurt from it. And you're wondering, what went wrong? And I'm not over it. And I'm not healed from it. And what does the Bible really have to say about this? What, what does it look like to date? To date in a way that honors God. Some of your parents may have rules about dating in junior high school. I think it's great. I'm not here to tell you to, when to start that. Uh, as far as like this day, when you're this age, that's not that's what I'm trying to do. And here's also what I'm not trying to do. If you're in here and you are dating somebody, uh, my goal is to not make you feel guilty about that. My goal is not to be like, you guys better break up at the end of this. It's not my goal. Uh, what I what I want to do is to expose some of the cultural lies about dating. And to look at how do we date in a way that honors God from a biblical worldview. Like, What is... How do we do this? Because it matters. So, like I said, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. Um, but, but before we get there, let me illustrate this one. So, the actual like, term dating didn't really come around until around the 1920s. That's was crazy thing about it, right? But, but 1920s and prior, the term was courtship. That's kind of a Christian buzzword today. I know. But it was this idea that we are, we are in a courtship relationship, meaning that I am looking to the, to, for a person with whom to be married. That was the goal. That was it, period. And so the, the, they described relationships and courting as going over to the house of their parents and hanging out in their parents' parlor. You're like, what's a parlor? We don't have them really anymore. Uh, but hanging out in their parents' parlor and just visiting and having conversation and like talking with their parents, and their parents were kind of interviewing this dude, and parents were kind of interviewing this girl and seeing like, is this an acceptable person to be your wife, to be your husband? The phrases that women women would look at guys and be like, man, that guy would be a great husband. And none of you are saying that today. None of you are like, mm, you're a great husband, right? None of you are giving that compliment. But then that started to shift rapidly because World War I happened. And if you didn't know, people died in World War I. Like a lot of people died in World War I. And like dudes went off to war, didn't come back because they died, gave their life for their country. And there was, for the first time in the United States of America, more women than men. And quickly the slogan became, for these women, get a man while you still can. I'm not even playing and so was just mad dashed, like oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do whatever it takes to. I don't want to be, I don't want to be hashtag forever alone. And so they just like ran and did whatever they had. I mean, compromised the what they had to compromise, and so became the beginning of the term dating. And it morphed from spending time, intentional time, getting to know someone, see if they're an acceptable person to be a spouse to. I'll do whatever it takes to be with you. And it just morphed into all kinds of other things. From the 20s to the 30s, from the 30s to the 40s, and then it gets into all kinds of other crazy things. And now you're dating multiple people, a date doesn't look like sitting in the home of your parents. It looks like going and being entertained somewhere in public, but really you're kind of in private. It's vastly different. And for us, we, we know that dating is far different than the the idea of courtship from the 20s and earlier. It's way different, and part of the reason that it's so different is because of our culture. Our culture feeds us things concerning what dating should look like, and one of the ways that you receive that is via music. And listen, I'm not here saying like secular music is bad if you ever listen to secular music, you're not a Christian, no, like I listen to secular music, it's fine, I find it to be catchy, it's great. But, but here's the deal, like some of you are more for, all of us, all of us are, are receiving a worldview from some of the stuff that you listen to, About dating. Maybe it's stuff like this. I won't lie to you. I know he's just not right for you. And you can tell me if I'm off, but I see it on your face. When you say that he's the one you want, and you're spending all your time in this wrong situation, and any time you want it to stop, I know I can treat you better than he can. And any girl like you, Deserves a gentleman. Tell me why you're wasting time on all your wasted crime when you should be with me instead. I know I can treat you better. Better than he can. Cool. This dude is thirsty. Right? Or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's something like this. Oh, won't you stay with me? Because... You're all I need. This ain't love. It's clear to see. But darling, stay with me. What? Or maybe it's maybe it's more intense than that. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late that when you need my love. I know when that hotline bling, that can only mean one thing. we're getting shaped by this, and on, and on. Maybe it's not that, but maybe it's, hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. But here's my number, so call me maybe. I'm only one call away. I'll be there to save the day. All you girls are like, oh, sweet Jesus, yes. (laughs) But listen to how arrogant this cat is. Superman's got nothing on me. Okay. I'm only one call away. This is, my, this is one of my favorites. This is one of my favorites because it's lyrically horrific. So give me a chance, because you're all I need, girl. Here we go. Spend a week with your boy. I'll be calling you my girlfriend. Okay. Here we go. If I was your boyfriend, I'd never let you go. I'd take you to places. You've never been but foe. <laughs> Way to go, Beaver, that a boy. And from the famous poet, from the famous poet, can't you see that I'm the one that understands you? Been here all along, so why can't you see? E, E. <laughs> Do you belong with me? Yes. And on and on the songs could go, right? On and on and on the songs could go. And again, like, listen to me. I'm not saying that that music is, like, if you listen to that, you're just evil. That's not what I'm doing. What I am saying is this you receive a message from those songs every time that you listen to them. And it shapes the way you view the relationships that you're in. And so it goes from, okay, like, relationships are a big deal. Or, like, nah, it's really not the big deal. It's just kind of fun to, you used to call me on my cell phone. Right? And so what I want to do today is, is, is look at this and understand. How do we date in a way that honors God? So, First Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 31. I'm just going to read verse 31. So, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all things to the glory of God. So this is a message of Paul to the Corinthian church. Hey, whatever you do, whether it's eating or drinking or anything else you could fill the blank in with, you need to do it for the glory of God. So today, we're going to fill in the blank with whether you eat or drink or date, you need to do it for the glory of God. Well, the question is, then how do we do that? How do we date in a way that honors God? So I'm going to give you six things that I think are helpful to understand this. This isn't, certainly it's not everything you need to know, but it's going to be some things you need to know. So here we go. How do we date in a way that honors God? You honor God in dating by, number one, knowing who you are in Christ first. Knowing who you are in Christ first. You need to know where your identity is and who your identity is in. Because here's the cultural lie. You are looking for the one that completes you. You're looking for the one that completes you. My soulmate, the one my heart has been longing for. And here's the deal, you will not find that person. You will not. You will not find the the person that completes you. You will not find the person that is a soulmate. You will not find the one that, that makes everything in your life better, You you won't. You won't find the person in your life that fulfills every need that you have in your life. You won't find them because they do not exist and it was never meant to be that way. Nobody can fulfill every need that you have. No human can do that. Listen to me. I love my wife. My wife cannot fulfill every need that I have. My wife loves me. I cannot fulfill every need that my wife has if if, if my wife found her identity in the fact that she is my wife and I found my identity in the fact that I am her husband, listen, we would let each other down consistently. Well, then what are we supposed to find our identity in, Kate? We are supposed to find our identity in a risen Jesus, that Jesus came and loved you in such a way that he went to a cross and died so to, to pay for your sin debt. You owed it but couldn't pay it. And he died and went to the grave and got up from the dead forever declaring he is victorious over sin and death and the devil. And the Bible says it like this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake he, God, made him Jesus to be sin who knew no sin because he was perfect so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so your identity now, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, your identity is righteousness of God. And it doesn't change. But if, but if you want to find your identity in a boy that you're dating or a girl that you're dating, I'm promising you, I'm promising you, you will get let down and you will get hurt. And then you'll be asking the question, what do I do now? You want to date in a way that honors God, you need to know who you are in Christ first. The second thing is this. Uh, you want to You honor God in dating by knowing why you are dating. You want to go on dating by knowing why you are dating. Here's the cultural lie. Here's why we're dating, according to culture. Dating is really just for fun. And you have to date a lot of, a lot of different people to, to find just the right one, right? That's what it is. You can't find what you like unless you have a bunch of options to go through. Or you're just having some fun. And then one day you'll settle down, right? This is the language we use. The biblical purpose is that you would date for this reason, to get married. That's it, period. That you would date to move to marriage. That's the goal. You're like, bro, I'm in junior high and high school. I ain't trying to get married anytime soon. Chill. I'm just trying to pass my AP exam tomorrow. Well, here's the question. Then. What the heck are you dating for? If you're saying to me, I'm not planning on getting married for a long time. What are you doing? Here's what you're doing. You're just playing around. You're just playing around. Because here's the deal. If you're not actually pursuing moving to marriage, really what you're doing in dating is, you're saying, hey, I don't want to be just friends, but certainly we're not going to be married, but I just want all of the married benefits without any of the commitment." So I want all of the physical benefits and all of the the relational benefits, and I want all of the public benefits by having someone, but I don't want any of the commitment to that person. We just play Mary, but it's not the real thing. And we find ourselves getting wounded over and over again because you're playing house and you're playing married. And maybe we just need to slow down. Ask yourself, why are we dating? What are we doing? If marriage isn't even on the radar, then we need to pump the brakes big time. Big time. Third thing is this. You honor God in dating by knowing the kind of relationship that you're in and the boundaries that come along with it. You honor God in dating by knowing the kind of relationship that you're in and the boundaries that come along with it. The cultural lies this. There are multiple levels of intimacy that you have to go through before getting married. So there's friends, right? We're just friends. That's the first level of intimacy that we have. But see, in our in in our culture, this is this is how it moves. You go from being friends to oh well, we're talking. This was so confusing to me, and you can think I'm uncool for this, but whatever. But it was like cool. I, yeah, yeah, me and me and so and so are talking. Cool. So you guys are dating? No, no, no. We're just talking. Like, me and you were talking? Like, I'm not sure what's going on here. No, we're talking. So, oh, so you're just friends? No, we're talking. I don't have a clue what you're talking about anymore. So it goes from friends to we're talking, and then from talking to we're, we're, we're a thing now. Oh, cool, so you're dating. No, we're just a thing. What kind of thing? So does that mean you're talking? Well, no, we're just we're a thing. So it's a little bit more than talking, but it's not quite dating. Man, this is exhausting. (laughs) Okay, so it goes from friend to talking, talking to we're a thing, and then finally from we're a thing to we're going out. Okay? We're going out. So that's like synonymous with dating. Okay, we've arrived. But then you can go from dating to we are exclusive, right? This is a a different thing. And there's level upon level that you go through before you get to married its category after category after category and what we find is in those in those definitions of a relationship we find different levels of intimacy so if we're just talking we're not necessarily touching each other but we're like we're texting a whole lot and we're talking on the phone and we're just talking but then when we're a thing we're now a thing and so we're talking a whole lot on the phone and texting a whole lot and we're also expecting that they are only texting me and I'm only texting them because we're a thing so you can't be a thing with anybody else it's like what Okay, so then you go from we're a thing to now we're, we're dating. So I'm your BF and you're my GF, so this is, like a, this is how, how it's going. Now I can, put my, I can put the date on my Instagram and put a heart by it because now we're official. It's on social media. We were a thing, but now we're official. Look on my Instagram. The date is there. There's a different level of intimacy that comes with that. And I'm not trying to make this sound silly. Or oversimplify. The Bible does not create that many categories. The Bible gives you two categories to define the relationships you have with the opposite sex brother and sister in Christ, husband and wife. That's it. Period. So you need to understand the kind of relationship that you are in, so that you will understand the boundaries that come along with it. And if, if the person that you are dating, if the girl, that the guy you are dating is your brother in Christ, because he should be, and if guys, if the girl you are dating is your sister in Christ, there are some boundaries that should come along with that. Now, what are those boundaries? There's three areas of boundaries that I mean going to talk about. First one is emotional boundaries. We need to create emotional boundaries. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. It's just to guard your heart. Protect it. You You need to have boundaries emotionally. Girls, this is especially applies to you guys. This can apply to you. But generally, we're pretty emotionally unaware We're like, what? Girls, all right. But you've got to guard your heart. So here's what that looks like practically. You you don't need to have a bunch of late night phone calls with him. Because it's just attaching your heart. You don't need to share a bunch of really deep personal info with him. It's just attaching your heart to him, And certainly, I know you want to do this. I know. it's It's in you. I get it. But if you keep throwing around the phrase, I love you, you're consistently attaching your heart to some guy. And then you say, I love you. And he says, I love you back. And you're like, oh my gosh, we're getting married tomorrow. And then he dumps you. And you look, you're you're confused, and you're broken, and you're like, I thought you loved me. And he was like, I don't really love you. I just wanted to kind of like hang out and make out with you a lot, so I just said it back. And you didn't didn't guard your heart, and you got hurt. You need to put up some boundaries. If, If he's your brother in Christ, and she's your sister in Christ, you need to put up some boundaries emotionally. And you also need to put up some boundaries spiritually. Interacting in spiritual matters, believe it or not, is very, it is a very intimate thing. So if you're in a dating relationship or you, you're thinking about getting in one or like, God willing, you will be in one one day. Here's what you need to be aware of. You, you do not need to be. You do not need to be each other's accountability partners. Like, hey, can you hold me accountable for like uh, wanting to make out with you all the time? No, that doesn't work. You can't be each other's accountability partners. That's bad news. You 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 don't. This is you, you're gonna think what? You do not need to say to one another, "Hey, dude, I need you to lead me spiritually." So, so can you like can, can you read the Bible to me and teach me some stuff from the Bible? That's that's a bad play because he is fulfilling a role that only a husband is to, to fill. That's it. Period. So if you're expecting some teenage dude that you're dating to lead you spiritually. You're asking him to fulfill a role that he is not meant to fill. And dudes, if you're here and you're like, hey, I'm leading you spiritually, girl. I'm the man. I'm the man. Listen to me. Submit. That's what Ephesians 5 says. It says submit. That's what it says. You're asking her to fulfill a role that only your wife is meant to fill. You don't don't lead her. Like, be a, be a leader as a, as a dude. But you're not her leader. You're not the head of her household. Until her father gives her away to you, he is. You need to guard yourself spiritually. And the, the, the third thing is, you need to guard yourself physically. You need to create some physical balance. If, if he is your brother in Christ and she is your sister in Christ, you need to guard yourself Physically. Song of Solomon 2.7 says this. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. So here's what I take from that. That there is a time that you can stir this thing up because it pleases. That there is a space that God has designed for us to awaken love and it's totally appropriate and totally incredible. And you know what that space is? Marriage. God is not anti-love. God is not anti-physicality with the opposite sex. He is not. In fact, He is so forth that He created it. But He's put it in a boundary. It's good. Well, how do I guard myself, kid? 1 Corinthians 6.18 says this, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but a sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Here's the advice from First Corinthians from Paul. He says, "Hey, if you want to guard yourself physically, you just need to flee. You need to flee from that stuff." Well, I don't know what that looks like. Here's what it looked like for me. I, I told some of you this story before. My wife and I were dating in college. We were very close to getting married. There, I had put a ring on it. What's so up? I put a ring on it, and we were about to get like we were weeks from marriage. And like, we're doing one of those goodbye things. Uh, and we're like, I okay, said, girl, i love leave you a lot, but see ya. Like, oh, you wanna stay out here a little longer? Okay. And you know, it was like one of those lingering things, like we didn't know I really had a part, it was like, I never wanna leave you, girl. And it was just like weird. And eventually, like, there was just, there was just this feeling that was welling up in me. I was like, mm. you know, like, you know what I'm saying, right? If you're a dude, you're like, totally, man. Like, yeah, you did. Because I love this girl, and I was like, I just wanna, I just wanna kiss. (laughs) And here's the deal: you know what I did in that moment? Legitimately, this is what I did: I, I turned around and ran away from my fiance. (laughs) Imagine what that does to a girl. It's like, oh my god, do you think I'm like, do I think I'm pretty? But I had to, in that moment, flee, flee. I had to flee. Because no moment that night was worth compromising our purity before God. And I would rather flee from her that night and stand before God on our wedding day and say, we honored you. Then get an hour of pleasure. The Bible also says this in Romans thirteen, fourteen. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ to make no provision for the flesh, to gratify its Desires. So, if you want to guard yourself physically, you need to make no provision for the flesh. Here's what that means: is that you need to make stupid rules to keep yourself, like stupid hard rules, to keep yourself away from that stuff. And so, here's how we did it: when Jenny and I started dating, we kissed when we first started dating because I was like, "Dang, girl!" And so we kissed. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was bad news for me. Like it wasn't just like, "Oh, kissing," what, what, and like, "Okay, that's cool." No, I was like, I kissed you, it's like oh man, I don't want to just kiss you, you know? Uh, And so there came a moment, and we had to look at each other. Well, meaning I had to look at my girlfriend at the time, and say, hey, I can't kiss you anymore. And again, girls, imagine that moment. What, do you not think that I have kissable lips? (laughs) But here's what I resolved. I'm not going to make a provision for the flesh. And I would I would willingly give up kissing you for the next two years, and then kiss you for the rest of my life, then compromise today and lead us on a path that we have no business being on. And so I made a provision for the flesh. Here's the deal. If you're if listen, if we're really thinking, brother and sister in Christ, these are the options that we have. Brother and sister in Christ, husband and wife. Here's the question that might make you feel uncomfortable. Like, do you make out with your brother or your sister? No, you don't. Some of you are like, that is disgusting. That is just disgusting. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. Because that's how the Bible describes the relationships with the opposite sex. It's brother and sister in Christ, or husband and wife. So, you want to date in a way that honors God, you need to know the kind of relationships that you're in and the boundaries that come along with it. Fourth thing is this. You want to date in a way that honors God. You need to be more concerned with becoming the one rather than finding or looking for the one. Here's what culture lies to you and says. You are on a search for the one. There's one person out of the what seven or six billion people on the earth that one person is for you. and if you don't find them, you're gonna ruin your life and you'll never find the one and you, I mean your life will just you'll be hashtag forever alone. you better know who that is, right? And we buy it, and we exhaust ourselves, and so this is what happens. You get in a relationship, this, this, you get in a relationship, and this is what goes, and, and it turns upside down, and you, you feel it, right? You feel like, this is a bad move, like, we have no business being together, but we're the one. Like, I don't want to ruin this, and you're like, you're 15, like, chill out, you have to know if they're the one right now, it's okay, you can slow down, you can dial it back, but I don't want to lose them. What if, like, what if I break up with them, and then never date anybody else, and then I can't get married, oh my gosh. Really what that is, if you're in a position where you're saying, I don't want to give him up. I don't want to give her up because I don't know if I can get better or maybe they're the one. Listen, I love you. you got to trust God more than that. If God actually is the king of the universe and you're meant to be together with that person, you think he's going to order it to work? Yes. So stop playing the role of the Holy Spirit and lean back and trust God. And play it real loose. You've got to be more concerned with becoming the one than looking for the one. And there's passages Ephesians five. That's a good place for you guys to guys to go. Uh, Proverbs thirty-one. It's a great place for you ladies to go. Right? You can go and read those later. But here's the deal, girls. Look at me. Thirty-one. Look at me. Girls, do not, do not, do not. Lower the bar so every moron with a pulse can meet your criteria. Guys, look at me. Set the bar so high that every other girl sees you and says, that's the kind of guy I want to meet. Be the guy that everybody looks to and says, That's the kind of guy I want to marry. Set the bar high. Last two things are this. You want to date in a way that honors God. You need to look for the right things. The cultural lie about, about this is as long as they're good looking and they make me feel good and they make me happy, then we're good to go. Plenty of people are good looking. But it will be a a nightmare in in a dating relationship. So what am I looking for? You're looking for this. uh, You're looking for them to be a believer. If you're a believer, you're looking for them to also be a believer, right? 2 Corinthians 6 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? It just isn't going to work. You're going to pull two different directions at two different speeds, and it's going to be frustrating. Don't look for a believer. And then then look for character. Look for character. Romans 12 will give you those things. It will, it will list out some things you need to look for. Look for character. Ask the questions: how does he treat his siblings? How does he treat his friends? How does she interact with her mom and dad? What does she do in her free time? But if you're looking for, is she hot? That's it. Does he have abs? That's it. You're going to get down the road and realize, this dude, is bad news, this girl, this is a bad play. You look to character. And the last thing is this. You want to date in a way that honors God, you need to do it in community. You need to do it in community. Here's the lie. Here's the lie that people buy. This is the lie that you're buying about dating. Is that once you start dating, all you need is each other. And so all you do is spend time with one another. And you're always at her house or always at his house. And you, you just pull away from your friends. Your friends are like, we never see you anymore. It's like, yeah, because all I need is him or all I need is her or whatever. And then you're, like, you're only hanging out with one another. And it's just crazy. And you need to date in community. Don't isolate yourself. You need other people people. Number one, to speak into what they see. Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Your friends will see, like, hey, when you're with her, you're kind of a jerk. Hey, when you're with him, you're not yourself. That's a problem. You need to listen to them. Your parents need to be able to weigh into what is going on in that relationship. You're like, they don't get to know what I do with them. They should know. Because they know better you needed to let your friends, you need to let your friends help you along the way. We had a friend when we were in college, her name was Leanne, that she used to, she used to text my wife when we were together, and she knew that her and I were, her and I were together. She would text text Jimmy. Hey, I know you're with Kate and you're by yourself. What are you doing? And it was just a way for her to remind us. Honor God. It's far more important. It's far more important. So we're gonna end this way. I took more time than than we had a lot, but we're gonna end like this. Just by the and close your eyes real quick. Listen, for some of you, you're like, man, I don't even, I don't get any of this. I'm not dating, and I don't understand this. But this is this is for you to look ahead to, and keep in keep it in your tool belt because one day. By God's grace, he will bring a member of the opposite sex to you, and you will be attracted to them. And you'll be like, man, we should date. I need to know what that looks like. So hold on to these truths. Date in a way that honors God. And here's the other, the other reality. Some of you in here, you're in relationships, and you've made some poor decisions, and you've compromised. You need to come and find freedom from God. And the other, the other group is this. It's you're on the backside of a relationship and you're carrying tons of hurt. And you don't know what to do. You don't know how to handle it. Come to Jesus. If he's the healer of the broken heart. And certainly, the broken heart that you carry, he can heal. So I'm just going to pray for us. if you need to talk, you can stick around and talk to me and talk to one of the adults, but we're going to be dismissed after I pray. Let me do that. God, thanks for tonight. Thanks that you care about the relationships that we're in, including the dating relationships. Uh, to, so to those who are, who are looking uh, at this and thinking, I'm not even there yet, would, you, would they hold on to these truths? And when they get there, would they date in a way that honors you? To those that are in relationships and they're just kind of playing a game, God, would you just speak to them by by the power of your spirit, speak truth to them? To those who are in here and are carrying a bunch of hurt and baggage and maybe some shame from some past relationships, God, would you give them freedom from that? Would they find forgiveness at the foot of the cross? Would they extend forgiveness to the one who hurt them? If they're carrying shame, God, would you free them by the power and in the name of Jesus we ask those things. We ask those things. We ask those